Good morning, dear Glad Tidings family and friends. So good to be able to connect with you once again. Trust that you are well and healthy and strong. Before I begin, I would like to say a few things. Firstly, I'd like to thank Pastor Winston, our main pastor, for this honour and privilege to speak. Secondly, it's been some time since we last met in church. I do miss all of you and hope to meet with you very, very soon. I have retired from office, but I have not retired from serving. I now work from home. I'm enjoying the new journey with my loving wife and two daughters. Thirdly, so glad that a CG, a Connect Group in PJ1, had a multiplication last week in spite of no physical meeting. Bravo to all the leaders and members of this group. Last week, Pastor Winston shared powerfully on the gathering, the ecclesia, the local church. And today, I'd like to share I'd like to share on the beauty of gathering, taken from Acts chapter 2, verse 41 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, reading, follow, follow with me as I read this passage. 41, then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as any one had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favour with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this morning. You are worthy of all our praise. You are our fortress and strength. We ask that your Holy Spirit would be at work, opening our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word. Be with us and bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This last week, or this last year or so, the Lord in his sovereign goodness removed from many of us the ability to gather together regularly for worship, edification, and service. Remote, virtual, online service simply isn't enough. We have made do with it. But hopefully it has caused us to value all the more the close, real, physical gathering that we have had in the past. Psalm 26 Verse 8 says, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. For David, the temple was where 
he could meet with God. We know from Jesus that we can worship God anywhere. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. However, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people and there is no better place to draw strength in the time of adversity than among God's people gathered together. Gathering is the essence of the church. The gathering in church is essential, not optional. There is a beauty of coming together that goes beyond finding personal fulfillment. You can find your ultimate satisfaction in the God whose beauty is life-giving. Gathering isn't merely a nice thing to do. It's part of what a church is called to be and to fulfill its mission. It's true that we are still a church when we are scattered. But as like a family, we still long to be together. Three good reasons together. Our gathering, firstly, pleases God. God has always desired that his people gather to worship him and that they do so often. Our gathering strengthens our faith. Faith is not only necessary for salvation, but it is also necessary to be able to manage the many ups and downs of life so we can hang on to that life as a believer. Thirdly, our gathering builds the church. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forgetting our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. When we gather together regularly, we contribute financially. We contribute a good, a solid example. We encourage each other, and we are a witness of love for the church. Acts 2, 2.41-47 that we've just read together offers us a brief snapshot of the early church. This is the earliest picture of Christianity, of what Christianity looked like in the beginning. I'm impressed by the first and the last words of this passage. Verse 41 tells us that the church began with 3,000 conversions. Imagine can you imagine a, con a, a church membership meeting for 3,000 people? Verse 47 says that they were saved daily and added to the, to the church. The verses in between describe the reality of Christ in the midst of his people. So with this passage as the foundation, we, let's look at five marks of a great church. Firstly, there is solid grounding in the word of God. The early believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They put a high priority on knowing the truth. And the word of God was the objective of this church. The Bible is life-giving. The, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart, Hebrews 4, 12. God's word is powerful. The hardest heart 
is at the mercy of his word. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, was saved by the word of God. A lay preacher preached on Isaiah 45, verse 22, which says, Look to me and be saved, for I am God and there is no other. You may be facing the pressures of transition, whether it's the loss of a job, the family issues, sickness, or financial setbacks. Every major change brings challenges. The key to success when transitioning into a new way of living is to seek help. The book of Joshua is recommended reading for all in transition. God told Joshua in Joshua 1.7 to be strong and very courageous. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. God's word of direction were to be the bedrock of, God, of Joshua's leadership. The, the Lord's charge and promise to Joshua apply to us as well. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Verse 9. Our God is Jehovah Shammah. He is there all the time. He's watching over us. He is with us in our transition, in every transition. So let God's word be your daily bread and make the Bible your most important book. May God help us to stand on the word of God until Jesus comes again. Early believers were solidly grounded in the word of God. Secondly, there is vital life-transforming worship. There was the breaking of bread and they were praising God. Vital worship played an important role in the early church. They gathered daily to sing, praise, and share the Lord's Supper together. There was, an, uh, there was a sustained atmosphere of praise and worship. The worship service was active and uplifting. The people were filled with awe as they met together. People came with a mix of fear and excitement, wondering what God would do. The, the worship service was exuberant, full of joy. The early Christians had favor with all the people. Even unbelievers were amazed by the things they heard and saw and wanted to know more about it. The worship of Acts 2 was synagogue worship brought over into the early church. We would not understand the songs or the scripture reading or the sermon, but yet God blessed their service, their worship, and infused it with his Holy Spirit. The weekly church gathering in glad tidings has always been a remarkable event. I enjoyed the worship time in church. May we never lose the wonder of all God's people coming together to praise the King. Congregational singing is a beautiful aspect of our worship. How beautiful when the voices of the people lift up the rafters of our sanctuary with praise. You can't capture it in a recording or a podcast or anywhere else. Biblical worship lifts you out of your own world and creates in your own your heart 
a hunger to know God better. Thirdly, there is the caring relationship with other believers. The first believers were devoted to fellowship. They were all together. They met together in the temple courts and they ate together. The Greek word for fellowship, koinonia, expresses the idea of being together for mutual benefit. This passage mentions three times that they ate together. Shared meals played an important part in the life of the early church. In the earliest days of the church, Christians ate together. I believe that the church that eats together will stay together, will play together, will pray together and grow together in every sense of the word. In our connect group meetings, members' needs and requests get miraculously met and satisfied. A sister who lost her job was offered a job by one of our members. Another member who also lost his job decided to do food catering to supplement his income. The leaders and the members of the CG helped out by purchasing and promoting the menu through WhatsApp. Orders came in. Meanwhile, he started applying for jobs. After numerous applications, God blessed him with a job. Recently, he called and, and said that he and his wife just celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary. This couple has been praying for a baby for a few years, and the Lord miraculously answered their prayers. The daughter is now 15 months old, and they, were ex and they, will, they are expecting the next child early next year. God never intended that you go it alone in your Christian walk. Join us in all our connect group gatherings. Fourthly, they were devoted to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Three things happened when they prayed together. Awe, wonder, wonders and signs. Miracles happened precisely because the believers prayed fervently that an atmosphere of awe came upon the people. They saw the power of God in true prayer. In Acts chapter 3, a man crippled from birth was healed by the power of God when Peter prayed for him at the temple gate. When the people saw the lame man walking and praising God, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Jesus, as he cleansed the temple, said in Mark eleven seventeen, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Christ intended that his people would pray and that as they prayed, miracles and salvations would take place. The power of our faith is increased dramatically when we pray together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Moses told Israel that one could chase a thousand, yet two would put, put 10,000 to flight, Deuteronomy 32, 30. Corporate prayer is the springboard for the mighty movement 
of God. Churches in South Korea, in Eastern Africa, India and China are advancing because of their corporate prayers. God is moving powerfully too in our prayer encounters. A lady who had a lump in the chest area reported that after the prayer, the lump shrank. A man who had a tumour in her right lung reported that the tumour shrunk from 6 cm to 3 cm. A lady, one of our members' mother, got saved as a result of the prayer encounter. Praise the Lord. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Reese Howells, the founder of the Bible College of Wales, was a true intercessor and a man of prayer. He learned the power of prayer while building Bible schools, orphanages, and mission churches throughout Africa. There was a time when, uh, during World War II when Hitler's army was marching relentlessly towards Alexandria, Egypt, to capture the city. On one particular Saturday, the college called for an afternoon of prayer to ask God to turn the tide of the war in North Africa. That evening, after hours of intense prayer, Howells and the college came through to victory. God intervened, the Germans surrendered, and Alexandria was safe. Come on, give Jesus praise. Thank God for these intercessory giants. Your prayers can shape the destiny of nations, changing things no other power can change. The needs of society are so great. No greater gift could you give society than bended knee. Finally, the final mark of the great church is that they engaged in practical ways to minister to others. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling the possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Evidently, the believers lived in close proximity to each other. They, they combined the resources to meet the needs of the poor in their midst. Glad tidings have been a blessing to many needy families and individuals. One recipient, a former colleague of mine, the University of Malaya, aged 70 years of age, he passed on recently. He was down and out and all alone and no, with no next of kin. I had the opportunity to help him with his father's funeral and also help to place his sick mother in an old folks' home where she stayed for free. Later, when he lost his job, our Horeb ministry helped him financially for the past few years. X2 points the picture of an attractive church. They have no facilities like we have, and yet they got along pretty well. People were being saved by the Lord and added to their number daily. Their shared faith in Christ drew people to them. Three key words that reveal the secret of the early church. Mag unified, magnified, multiplied. 
the believers were unified, Christ was magnified, and the church was multiplied. Five marks of a great church. Firstly, founded on the word of God. They practiced vital worship. They were promoting caring relationships. They were devoted to prayer. They saw the power of prayer, power of God in prayer. They, they were ministering to those in need. Where those things are present, these beautiful results are sure to follow. Healthy on the inside, attractive on the outside, filled with joy, continual conversions, presence of God everywhere. What happened in Acts 2 is not unique. It is possible because the church is the body of Christ. This is God's plan. It still works today. Let's pray. Hallelujah. This morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, today is the best day to do serious business with the God who loves you. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says of Jesus that salvation exists in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, turn your heart to the Lord, pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I repent of all my sins. I believe Jesus died to forgive me for my sins and rose again to give me everlasting life. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and life. I will follow you as my leader and saviour and God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you have said that prayer, Type, type into the Zoom prayer link and pastors and ministers will contact you. For all of us here, let's pray together that God will bless glad tidings more and more every week as we meet. Our Father, we pray that glad tidings will continue to be a great, attractive mission church. May people be attracted to Jesus by what they see in us. Touch everyone here listening and watching who is unwell and heal them. If you're not well today, just place your hand on where it hurts in your body. Lay your hands on, on any area of your body. By faith, receive the healing of God. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. For with God, all things are possible. Bless all the people, your people abundantly and grant victory to those facing the hard challenges of life. Enable us to reach the multitudes in your name. So Father, this morning, thank you even for the privilege of sharing your word. God bless you all. May you continue to grow healthy and strong. See you all in church soon.